Starting Up is a podcast series of honest conversations with inspirational leaders from across Liverpool, Merseyside and beyond. And it's just about that, how they got started in business and grew a name and reputation for themselves. You'll grow your knowledge about getting an idea off the ground to serving a tribe of followers and fans. Learn about the highs and lows of the entrepreneurship journey from people living it, loving it, and more often than not, learning through failures, big and small. We're going. So the topic of our podcast today is leadership. And I'm hoping by choosing to interview you, our students and graduates and anyone else that's listening to this will get an idea about leadership from your perspective. Um, and obviously, that's your own one. But, you know, tell me what leadership means to you. I think leadership means that, you know, I don't kind of strive to be a leader, but I think if you run a business and if you kind of, you know, you front a campaign in the way that I have, you are putting yourself in a leadership position. But I think the job of a leader is to kind of know the direction of maybe your company or the force that you are working for is going. And I think a key role of someone who is in a leadership position is to speak to those who work with you or speak to those that you're representing and really have an understanding of what they want from you and what they need from you because, you know, you can't lead people without understanding them. And, like, in a workplace, you need to understand yourself, you need to understand the person in circumstances and you need to understand what's going on in their life so that you can work with them and you can kind of get the best out of the people you work with because everyone's got different situations, everyone goes through different things, everyone's got a different kind of makeup in their life and you can't expect people to all perform in the same way and that's what it's similar to campaign of BLM. You need to really break down what racism is and you need to understand who the people are who you're trying to support. So I think one of the key aspects of being a good leader is being able to listen being able to take advice on board and also being able to go, do you know what, this isn't really working, if something's not working, we're going to change things around and we're going to try and help up as It's not, a leader isn't always right and I think, you know, good leaders should be able to admit when they're not doing things right and they should be able to admit that they might not have all of the skills and kind of draw from other people who are trying to in the organisations. Mm, that's really interesting. I wonder how that relates to you and how you started up um, Little Green Ju- Juice Box and your support that you've managed to find from all different places. In terms of Little Green Juice Box, I think setting up my own business was me very much kind of taking control of my fate because I previously worked in a lot of organisations. I've had really positive experiences working in organisations. I've worked in one organisation for 12 years and I absolutely loved it there. Um, and then I worked for another organisation and it did not go well at all. And it kind of, it really knocked me confidence in myself. And I kind of thought, especially as a black woman and there are a lot of black entrepreneurs, I thought, you know, the workplace is not necessarily, you know, the classic version of the workplace is going to be working for an employer. is not going to be the place where I'm going to thrive as a creative person, as someone with ambition, because... Quite often when you're a black person, people have this idea of where you fit within their structure. And it's often just being at a bottom level to, to the box and they don't see you 
as anything more than a block of faith. So we didn't see creativity, we didn't see what makes you unique. So me running my own business was kind of me taking my power back and me being able to be as creative, creative as I like and being able to kind of take control of where I work, how I work, your work with. Um, and it was quite nice, it actually, it was a big part of recovering from trauma and racism. It really empowered me. I came into contact with some great people, like, you know, you don't always, you, you kind of, as you say, you pick who you work with and you pick who, who strongly desire and kind of recognise the vision. But it did, it gave me the confidence back and it, the success of the business made me realise that all these feelings that I had about my abilities and what I could do with the way just, you know, conscious, it was, it was quite right. So I was able to do things with my business that I'd never been able to do with with someone in an organisation because we don't always get those opportunities. So it's been really positive for me and I'm working on the business thing. I probably would put in longer days than I was working for, you know, any organisation, but it never felt like work. I'd wake up and be like, I want to do this, it's really exciting. And it's similar for kinds of doing the whole deal. I'm still wake up and I'm like, I really want to do this, it's brilliant, and I can take it in whatever direction I want. And it's lovely because you do get to meet like-minded people. And I think when you do these organisations and when you do lead businesses, you connect on a different kind of level and there's always an element of respect kinds of so is that to do with finding other people who lead in their own unique ways but also having shared values and shared missions in in common definitely i think especially in the kind of you know festival scene it's all a bit woke and it's all a bit liberal, so you do, you tend to come into contact with quite, you know, left-leaning people who are all about, you know, treating people, you know, all about equal opportunities, they're all about recognising people for who they are rather than the labels that society's given them, so it's quite nice working in the industry that I work in because quite often you come across people who, yeah, the leaders but they're also really open to giving people a chance and to work with quite diverse individuals because they see the beauty in that. So the festival scene is quite a, a gorgeous place to work. Like you just you meet so many interesting people and you meet these really good leaders and they've all got really good stories to tell and you can learn a lot from them. Um, but yeah, it is you come into contact with people who, again, you have that respect because of what they do, but also there's always that shared understanding of people are quite willing pieces of feed so they'll share tricks of the trade and you'll tell them what to work above you. So there's always the shared shared knowledge and shared understanding of mutual support because it is a family quite a industry. So we're gonna move on now and sort of thinking about your experience, you've got it's really interesting to me. You're studying criminology and sociology you're fronting up the Merseyside Black Lives Matter Alliance. You run your own startup, Little Green Juice Box. And I know you've got other titles. You're a writer, blogger, activist. Um, how does this all come together? And you know, what, what, why do you think you're on this particular path with all these different prongs to your creativity and talents? I do feel like they are all going to come together. Um, I do have a vision and they do all kinds of come together. Um, I'm really inspired by my foster mum. So I grew up in foster care and my foster mum's called Joan Edison. And she was like really, really positive. Obviously, there's a lot of stigma. A, growing up in a predominantly white area, was a black person. And baby in a foster care, there's a lot of stigma with those two titles. And she was just always really empowering and really, you know, you can do whatever you want to do. 
be whoever you want to be. And whenever I come to with all ideas about who I was and what I wanted to do, she never kind of limit me in me thinking. And I think, you know, I think it's like called the gig economy now, isn't it, where everyone's a little bit of everything. But I think that's kind of beautiful. I'm like, I've got a, when I was in the police, you got personality tests and I'm like a yellow, which basically means I'm creative and I kind of go from thing to thing to thing. But that doesn't mean that I don't complete those tasks. It just means that I like to keep myself entertained and I like to do it in many different ways. But I do feel like it comes together because something that I don't know how many years away it is, but a big thing I want to work on is like something which I'd likely probably call the June Edison Project, which would be working with young people who are likely to be on a pathway to crime without intervention work. And a lot of these young people, like young people are overrepresented in the criminal justice system, young care leavers, they represent 23% of people in care, sorry, in prison, yet they only make up 1% of the population. So it's unpicking that and, you know, looking at what opportunities these young people have, looking at things like race and ethnicity, looking at contact with organisations like social workers, like the police, how many care homes we have and things like that. And I think a key part of that work is giving young people a space to connect with nature, to connect with things like, you know, how many young people get the chance to grow their own fruit and veg, how many young people get the chance to spend time in nature and doing intervention work through finding health and wellbeing activities. So I would like to do really intensive work with young people who society doesn't really give much time to because at one time in my life I was a young person in society didn't give much time to and it was kind of written off someone who's never go anywhere. And although I've not gone very far, I do think I've done a lot better than a lot of people would have said when I was maybe fourteen. So I think I tend not to give up on young people and that was one of the reasons I joined the police to help young people and that was clearly not the best way to help young people because, you know, you go in with the best intentions, but it's a very hard distance change from the inside and they're very much entrenched in the ways. And I do feel like part of the issue is by the time they are in contact with the police, it's very hard to, you know, break that cycle. So I'd like to do work with people who've had quite low offending rates or they, they are likely to offend, so they're just on that cusp of you might go one way or the other. And I'd like to get in and do real positive kinds of intensive work with them. I'd like to show them how to make juice and smoothies. I'd like to show them about healthy diets and the benefits the rainbow plate can have and do just really hippie work with them. <laughs> but, you know, I used to come into contact with kids who've never been to a uh, forest or they've never, they didn't eat fruit and vegetables because just that was their lived experience. And I think, like, some children never get the opportunity to paint or to write or to be creative. Yet other people get that case about that and quite often the frustrations and the anger and the rage that you see are just people who've never been taught a different way. And so you have to show people a different way and you have to empower people. A lot of these young people, the self-confidence is absolutely on the floor. So I do feel like me, me many hats that are where can come together in a space and a place which is often the distant future, which probably be the journalists and foundation because I was someone who a lot of people gave up on it, a lot of people could have given up on it, but my first one was never one of those people, so I'm hoping that I will be one of those people at some point who doesn't give up on that generation and who empowers them through all of me. Many hacks, me many creative outlets and says, here you go, let's run with this and let's see if we can change the narrative on who you are. 
Mm, I really appreciate that. Joan sounds like an amazing woman. So thinking about like leadership and your journey and in no way, I think, you know, certainly as someone who wears many hats myself, um, is wearing many hats a bad thing? I think you can come to different things at different points in your life. And actually, when you look back, they have this beautiful connection that you maybe don't realize at the time. And I think anyone listening to this, you know, that's something to be really thoughtful about and really hopeful about that um, whatever stage of life that you're at while you're listening to this is it all starts to make sense eventually even if it's not making sense right now but if you sort of could do it all again what would you do more of do you think in life or in business I think we're sort of just talking about I mean we, the context is is the podcast through John Moore's so it can be anything I mean you know anything's open open topic really whatever feels comfortable for you um, if I could do something different, I would probably stop doubting myself. Like, I think people think that I'm really, really confident and they confuse loudness with confidence. Like, I battle with self-confidence so often and this, is it called imposter syndrome? Yeah, they and talk about that, don't they? I mean, I think, I think anyone can have imposter syndrome and it's part of that growth process, isn't it? I mean, if you look back at yourself now, when you went into the police, would you have seen where you are now? Exactly, exactly. But even up until the police was actually probably one of the best things that ever happened to me. Because up until I went into the police, I always thought everyone was better than me. Everyone kind of had this magic thing that made them better than me, you know, whether it be a degree, a level of education, coming from a nuclear family background. There was always something that made me less than everybody else. And if I could just reach this point and just get to this bit, I would be as good as other people, and quite a lot of that for me was being a police officer. Once I had that uniform, and once I was in that organisation, then that was just like, that was it. I had that validation, and I was just as good as everybody else. And what shocked me was that um, some parts of that journey had actually surpassed this kind of ideal of what makes a good person, but I hadn't even seen it. I didn't see, like, I knew I was half decent sort of thing. I knew I'd come a long way from when I was younger, but I hadn't seen how far it grew and then when I did join the police and I realised that within that organisation I had some of the best characteristics and I had some of the strongest values and obviously the bar isn't really that high when you're in that organisation but I was looking around and I was like you know I've looked up to a lot of these people for my entire life and I was just looking around and I was like and I could finally see it I was like no one's really better than anyone we're all just you know We've all got different backgrounds, we've all got different experiences, and I'm constantly chasing this ideal of what this perfect person is, and only when I've got this, and only when I've got that, and only when I've got the other, will I be this standard of person. And I was, and then I started being like writing down all of my skills and all of the things that made me amazing, and I was like, you know what? You're actually really, really good. You've got a lot of skills, and you're brilliant. And I just started, you know. It's like that comparison, isn't it? I stopped comparing myself to other people and I stopped looking at other people and kind of projecting whatever I needed to be onto them. And I just looked at myself and thought, you know, you're pretty good as you are and just stop comparing yourself. Stop thinking that you're not as good as other people and they have something. Back in. So uh, we're coming back in there after a little bit of a technical hitch based on my cat walking across my keyboard, uh, but that's home working for you. So... Just to recap, you were talking about how the move into the police had really given you this sense of yourself and slowly you'd started to see that you had all these qualities and gifts and 
actually to sort of let go of some of that comparison you started to feel much more confident in yourself definitely because I think just everyone is winging it to an extent and everyone is kind of faking it till they make it to an extent and I think just having the confidence in yourself the rest will honestly come like quite often in business people will ask for things and it's like this women's thing you know the, I don't know the exact statistics but men will apply for the job and maybe have 50% of the skills on the application, but women will need like another 100% of the skills before they apply for the job. And that's not saying that either is better than the other. But, you know, we have to give ourselves a little bit of credit. I think that feeling that you are good enough is enough. Do you know what I mean? Don't wait for all the others. Do not wait for somebody to tell you because you will very rarely find somebody who's going to walk up and pick you up. You have to pick yourself up. And you have to have the confidence that you can do it. Like the amount of things in business, and it's really funny because I was talking about um, working with a startup project the other day to someone. And I said, I'll lose the things that I wrote on my plan on my business plan when I first started up, like having contacts with certain people, trading at certain events, and just making connections and doing these different things. When I wrote them down, I was very much winging it in my head. So I wrote them down a bit like blue sky thinking, and I was a bit like, I'll write this down, but I've got no idea how I'm going to do it. But just that process of setting my aims and setting out what I wanted to do, it must have put something in motion because then when I look back at that plan, every single item on that plan I had done. But at the time of writing it, I had no idea how I was going to do it. So sometimes just that self-belief and putting something down on paper and saying, well, this is what I'm going to do the rest will come you'll get yourself there somehow so it you know you don't have to have all the boxes ticked sometimes self-belief and just knowing you can do it is enough and you do just have to take that little leap of faith I think that's such a great thing for listeners to take away especially if you're listening and you're in the John Moore's context and you're still a student or a graduate it's you know have that idea have that vision and you know the things that you can see in your mind really do come to pass I've definitely written plans for projects and thought oh there's no way I can do this I don't know anyone in that field and then I meet someone for a coffee you have a conversation and it it goes from there it starts small so you've talked about probably maybe more um more self-confidence um and I think that's something we all grow in and out of isn't it it's a bit like a sort of one week you're really confident and next minute maybe you're not um if you could wrap up this conversation and you know anything that you feel you haven't been able to get across yet what what do you think you would say I'd say just yeah, I'll just reiterate the whole believe in yourself and give yourself more credit than you probably do. I think people struggle with kind of believing that they can do anything. And a big thing, especially with young people who are working and people who are working, you know, there's a lot of looking to other people for validation, but you should really just look to yourself and don't spend all of the time looking around you and watching what other people do. Yeah, we need an idea of what other people are doing, but everybody's lived experiences are different and you, you literally just have to do you. If you've got your aims and intentions, yeah, you can see other people, but don't spend too much time worrying about them. Just do what you're doing. Go ahead. There's more than enough for everybody. Oh, thanks ever so much. And I think you really put into words something that's also really important to remember. There's there's it there's your lived experience of being a black woman, coming from a care background, being a white person in a black community, all those things are constructs 
that maybe other people have put onto you or judgments that they've given to you or life choices um, that are out of your hands, but you've turned them into something incredible. So I would say another thing that you've said is challenge the labels and challenge the stigma that you experience. And it doesn't have to stop you. It can be the thing that becomes the thing you do. So I really, really appreciate that. Thank you ever so much for your time. I hope this interview comes out well. We'll have a go. Um, but yeah, look, looking forward to finding out how, um, how and what goes next for the Merseyside Black Lives Matter Alliance. And hopefully students and graduates who are listening to this can get more involved with the Facebook page. Um, obviously, you're looking for people to be allies who do things and um, are active. And when we publish the podcast, we'll include links to the little juice box, green juice box, and any other links that you want to share with us. So thanks very much. Thank you, Anna. Thank you. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Starting Up podcast. We can reach more listeners through you sharing about this episode and what you loved about it. We'd love if you took a screenshot of this episode and shared it with your social channels. You can find us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook and LinkedIn. Every share, review and piece of feedback you give us matters to us so that we can get more people to learn from all the juicy wisdom contained in each episode and make the next episodes even better.